Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. If you are interested in participating in one of our podcasts, please reach out to us. Contact info can be found in the notes of this podcast posting. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to another installment of the FTF Exchange podcast series. For this podcast episode, our guest is Gilles Guillaume, who serves as the head of strategy for capital market solutions at Adenza. Adenza provides end-to-end trading, treasury, risk management, and regulatory compliance solutions. Adenza serves global, central, and regional banks, broker-dealers, insurers, asset managers, pension funds, hedge funds, stock exchanges and clearinghouses, securities service providers, and corporates. Most recently, Adenza's cloud services won Service Provider of the Year Award for 2023 via the FTF News Technology Innovation Awards competition. Today, Gilles will focus on how financial services firms can find liquidity despite a challenging liquidity landscape. So, uh, Gilles, before we dive into the details, can you tell us a little bit about your role at Adenzo? Yeah, sure. So hi, Eugene, and, and thanks for inviting us uh, to, to this podcast. It's a pleasure to, to speak, and thanks, by the way, for, for the, the award. So my, my role at Adenza sits, as you said, within the strategic group, and in particular focusing on our capital market uh, activities and capital market platform, which is uh, formerly known as the Calypso platform. As you probably know, Adenza has a second uh, product platform called uh, Axiom SL, which is um, in charge with regulatory solutions. So in the strategic group, we are at the intersection of our product management teams, our client delivery teams, and our sales team to really deliver the best possible value proposal to clients. It's all about understanding the market trends, making sure that the product uh, deliveries are done in due time so the clients can uh, get an answer to external requirements such as regulation or market-related requirements such as, uh, as we are about to discuss today, um, how to find liquidity on the changing market. So how has liquidity uh, changed for financial services firms? Well, it's been since the inception of uh, financial institutions looking for liquidity. This liquidity has two challenging uh, factors. The first one is how likely the market is to lend to a particular institution. So in other words, how solid uh, is the institution signature? And the second thing is, at what cost uh, will an institution be able to borrow? And again, it's also related to the quality of its signature, but it's also linked tightly with market conditions. And as we know, uh, the current market context doesn't really bring good news on, on any of those two fronts because the lenders are increasingly careful about the quality of the balance sheet of borrowers. And we, we've seen the SVB uh, situation earlier this year. 
Um, and the second thing is the, the high inflation environment has pushed central banks to, to raise interest rates to, to levels that we hadn't seen for, for a couple of, of decades. But in reverse, I would say market conditions can also be a, a huge opportunity for institutions that are long on cash or securities. And we see a very active repo market that is boosted by more electronification and CCP pushes for more clearing. So that's an interesting opportunity for banks and, and treasury departments uh, will increasingly pay more and more attention to the way they invest and the risk they take. Uh, so controlling the lending and the hedging decisions uh, is something that we see them increasingly doing. Okay. And what are the new costs associated with this new liquidity landscape? I can, of course, speak about the liquidity, the cost of liquidity, but as a more general statement, I would say the, the, the total cost of trading has, has increased since the, the global financial crisis, driven to a large extent by regulations that uh, raised the, the, the levels of required capital to, to deliver financial instruments. And so this forced a, a larger chunk of high quality assets to be kept in the financial institution's inventory. At the same time, it required them to acquire and maintain more and more complex uh, machinery for regulatory compliance. Uh, overall, the, the objective was to fulfill a, a higher stability for the, the overall financial market, a lower risk of liquidity squeeze, etc. But from a market perspective, the result is that the pricing of financial instruments now needs to capture many more additional layers of cost. And at Adenza, we've seen a, a renewed focus on, on ALM-related metrics, such as the fund transfer pricing in many treasury departments, uh, because they want to better capture the different layers of their funding costs, and they want to do that on a more frequent basis because the market uh, moves quite quickly now. We also see the trading desks uh, asking their counterparts to pay uh, more and more for the costs associated with the, the uh, risk they take. And so we've seen all those uh, long list of XVA, so CVA to cover default, FVA to cover the funding of the various margin, MVA to cover the funding of IM, and now even the KVA. So I would say the new costs with any financial instrument being traded on the market needs to be understood in details by financial institutions and incorporated in their pricing. That's very important. And the challenge here is that uh, many of them still have fragmented IT systems. And so when the market moves fast and you have many departments uh, having part of the, the, the truth, you lack a single view of your inventory and so you you miss opportunities and i, I would say this is something that uh, we focus on to, to deliver to clients uh, to, so they have a single inventory and a single repository for their trades their market data etc so uh, basically a lot a lot of firms do not have that single view yeah until now they they wouldn't suffer too much from 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 that but now there are market opportunities and the cost of finding liquidity uh, has raised a lot uh, they see the limitations of their their current uh, ecosystem I would say and and many of them uh, are reaching out to to adenza to to try to find solutions how are treasury groups in, in, you know within a bank or within a buy side firm coping with the lack of liquidity caused by uh, the high interest rates and the high inflation I mean, the answer is linked to what we just discussed, meaning there is liquidity on the market. It's just coming more expensively. And, and so it's impacting the firm's P&L. So if, if you're a liquidity borrower, it's, it's really important that your treasury department starts building those holistic views of available assets. 
because they can check first if the liquidity uh, they need can be fulfilled internally and at what cost before turning to the market, um, either to borrow or to hedge positions. Uh, if you're a liquidity provider, then, of course, the name of the game will be to catch the best opportunities. And this is where this real-time integrated view of the inventory we were just talking about will, will help you maximize your PLA. Are there central banking and other regulatory changes that are impacting the situation in a good way or a bad way? Well, it's an interesting angle to the, the, the liquidity conversation. So the, the central banks, as we know, are, are instrumental in the, the stabilization of inflation. And, and we've seen the recent Fed announcement about a 2% target rate that could or should be achieved. And the, the eternal question uh, behind this announcement is that what will be the cost on the economy for this, this last mile? And this question becomes even more complex in, in a shaky geopolitical environment. Uh, as we know, we have an ongoing war in Ukraine that continues to, to pressurize hard and soft commodity market. And so there are many remaining question marks on, on the Chinese economy. So, so the central bank are uh, at the center of th that action. The regulators, and you were asking and making a parallel between central banks and regulators, regulators by nature are on a different cycle. Uh, the time they need to design and validate a new framework, it, it creates a kind of a phase shift compared to the, the fast-moving market context. And so the, the only case where regulators can have an impact on an ongoing situation is that when they, they really quickly adopt a, a, a regulation that was pre-existing but left aside for a while. And we can see that in the US uh, at the moment on the, the interest rate risk in the banking book and the market risk move where uh, potentially many new institutions will fall in scope for a more constrained uh, regulatory environment, uh, partly on market risk, partly on liquidity, to cope with the, the current market context. How has the new liquidity landscape impacted those that are working in, in the electronic repo markets? You mentioned that a little bit earlier. And mm -hmm. is automation providing the efficiency that firms need to get through this difficult time? Well, early 2023, uh, we, we've seen a, a combination of challenges. We've seen quantitative tightening. We've seen uh, volatility coming back. And, and so financial participants looking to avoid this volatility, such as asset managers, for instance, are, have increased their interest in, in floating rate repos. And, and this led to a number of system replatforming we've seen at Adenza um, due to the new uh, risk-free rates that, are re that have replaced uh, LIBOR benchmark. Uh, another reason for financial institutions uh, considering a, an update of their technical stack uh, was that with those wider spreads and those higher rates, uh, many institutions faced pricing issues that were until then uh, masked by the historically low rates. And so that reinforced the need for better and, and integrated portfolio management platform. Because when you combine a new market regime with a new uh, regulation uh, asking you to adopt new benchmarks and, and impacting your pricing layers, it's a good time to, to, to ask yourself to have the right solution to win in that market. Going back to the second part of your question, which is the, the, the liquidity landscape and the, the, the impact on, of automation, uh, I would say that repo clearing and OTC clearing in general um, are a, a, a channel that is more and more looked into because it provides an additional layer of efficiency. And we've seen that especially in the US with the mandatory clearing of treasuries. That's an interesting thing to, to follow. So in addition to the, this new liquidity landscape, uh, firms in North America are starting their move toward uh, the shorter 
uh, trading day plus one, also known as T plus one settlement. So quickly, um, how are these changes impacting securities lending? And then how can firms achieve intraday liquidity management, which I think has been a goal for for a long while? Yeah, Yeah, I'll start by saying that we haven't probably figured out yet all the implications of the the, the T plus one settlement shortening window. So as we know, this uh, T plus one settlement for U.S. securities will be reducing the pre-settlement risk by shortening the the period before the the security delivery. And, And this is scheduled for May 2024, and this will have an impact on many operational processes, such as the the timing of sale notification or the timing of recall issuance. And and any institution that is still relying on manual processes anywhere in the settlement uh, process will face significant challenges, for instance, when they need to issue recalls within the contractual timelines. And even worse, if you take the example of entities located in Europe and a- or Asia, because Adenza has conversations with customers all over the world, any institutions in those regions trading U.S. security, the time to issue a recall or a sales notification will sometimes be as little as two hours in the, the, the most extreme instances. And so uh, having an end-to-end platform such as the, the one Adenza provides with, with Calypso gives a significant advantage because the life cycle management is automated. So you have a faster settlement turnaround, you have less manual errors, etc. From a market perspective, this will kind of create a binary situation. Uh, brokers that are well-equipped will be able uh, to seamlessly provide securities to the market. But for others, it could result in simply a reduced supply of some securities because they will need to make sure they can recall and obtain securities back on time if and when they need it. So they will be cautious. Another reason for being cautious is uh, if they don't have uh, the right platform such as Adenza and they fail a settlement, they will get penalties because there are regulations now that are giving you or asking you penalties in case of failed settlement. And so this could even affect the profitability or the viability of their business. Uh, The the last thing I would say, uh, the final aspect to consider, and it goes hand in hand with the automation you were talking about, is the real-time connectivity to external parties because financial institutions are not working in isolation. For instance, they will need to keep their custodian informed of all decisions uh, to to reduce friction in that T plus one settlement process. And then I guess very quickly, do you think European firms will be able to learn from the North American effort for T plus one settlement? They will, and because they will have to, uh, like I said, there will be a a kind of binary choice they they will have to make between um, having the right platform and being able to trade uh, on the U.S. market and as such adopting the T plus one constraints or simply uh, miss opportunities or, or see their business becoming less profitable. But you're right, uh, they will face a challenge that will be that they will have both uh, a U.S. activity ruled under a T plus one settlement window and a European activity ruled under a T plus two window. And that will force them to have extremely flexible uh, post-trade lifecycle solutions and flexible workflows because they will need to split the way the, the activity and the post-trade activity is, proce- is handled uh, depending on the location of trading. And, and clearly, this is something we are, we are watching carefully. I think you're right. A lot of manual steps will uh, go by the wayside because of the T plus one push. Yeah. So, 
Okay, great. So thank you very much uh, for um, having the time to talk to us today. Thanks a lot, Eugene. Pleasure. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange podcast. Thank you.